Do you struggle with putting yourself first? Are you tired of feeling burnt out and overwhelmed from constantly putting the needs of others before your own? I have created a sacred space that will be available once a week for 10 weeks to learn, dive deep, and create your boundaries to boost your confidence and self-worthiness. Go to www.krista-luna.com and sign up for the Master Your Boundaries course starting in September 2023. And use the code PARANORMAL to get 30% off today on www.krista-luna.com. paranormal the new normal i'm your host as always jeremy here trying to bring a little normalcy to this world does it ever really happen no never <laughs> i mean i get close sometimes i think but i don't never ever actually hit normalcy but as always i have a guest to try to help me achieve normalcy and my guest tonight is heather eve bristol psychic medium animal communicator and so much more but we're gonna get into all that in a minute of course but first things first, how are you doing tonight, Heather? I'm doing awesome. I'm awesome. And thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to do this. Okay. It's my pleasure. And as most of my listeners know, my dog dude. My dog just had surgery last week. And I had a rough week last week. And Heather was supposed to be on last Wednesday, but I had to reschedule due to the puppy being in the hospital most a couple nights last week. So but Heather was very accommodating and very, she even helped a little. So I am so glad to have her on finally. It's just something that had to get, it's something I had to do. It's I had to get her on and I had to make sure I got her on because I didn't want to yeah. lose her because she's too good a person for that. So oh, I appreciate that. And plus, it's, I love anybody that works with animals because animals are my thing as mine tries to eat. It looks like a big toilet brush. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why it's down here even, but okay. But <laughs> but yes, yeah, so glad to have Heather on. And the first question I ask everybody is, what got you into the paranormal spiritual world? Um, so when I was a little tiny kid, I had weird little tiny kid psychic things. And I had a parent that told me, basically stop doing that around six, so I did just quit and said, all right, I won't do it anymore and didn't do it and went through most of my life till I was 31 without doing pretty much any psychic stuff. And then um, I was a horse trainer. I had a horse farm. Um, I still have the horse farm, but um, I stopped training horses and now I do animal communication. And uh, my mom passed away in 2000. And like so many other people, their stories resonate with mine. She kicked a door open and it was immediate and it was very strong and i ended up going to a bunch of specialists thinking that i had a torn retina or we did a brain mri because my doctors were concerned with what i was seeing they sent me to the psychiatrist and the psychologist and finally both the psychologist and the psychiatrist said we think you talk to dead people 
And at that point, I just looked at my husband and said, talk to dead people. Like we're going to give up. We're just going to give that up. So, um, so that's how I started. Well, that's, and it's funny. I just had someone on the show last night too. And the first thing you said is my parents told me to shush about it, not do anything about it. Like, which it's such a, it's such a generational thing I found over the last hundred episodes that if you had any of these abilities in any time before the 2000s, basically, you were told mm-hmm. to keep them quiet. I mean, yeah. it's just unless you're the unless you're the kids of the parents in the late eight in the early 1900s who want to take advantage of their kids' abilities, supposedly, and you know make money off it. But it's, I don't know. I don't know if it's better to be shut down or better to have your parents want to profit off it. But I think I'm happy for my journey because I got to go through my school. I got to go to college. I got to have a horse farm. I got to judge horse shows. I got to have clients. I got to do all these things that when this door got kicked open, it became very apparent to me that I could really no longer stay in that space um, for one reason or another. Things just weren't working out. And so I am grateful that in a way, I'm grateful that I had a parent that told me to knock it off. And then I'm grateful that my mom crossed over and kicked the door open. Exactly. I mean, that's just, well, I mean, of course, I'm not great. I'm not, I'm not happy you lost your mom. No one should be happy about that. No, but, okay. <laughs> well, I take that back. There are people out there that should be happy about that. If they, <laughs> I know, if they, didn't, have, right? if they didn't have a good relationship with their mother, but I mean, exactly. no, it was, it was her time. And, um, and, and everything for a reason. I believe in a soul plan. It's hard for me sometimes because I still want to get ahead of that soul plan and I want to change things, but I plan is on our soul plan. So I am a huge believer in soul plans or fate as they may call it or karma, mm-hmm. whatever you, whatever you want to call it. I'm a huge fan of it because I know I'm going to make it one day. I may be struggling now as anybody who's on my Facebook post realizes, but I, no, one day I will make it, and it's going to be we doing this. And listen, Jeremy, it's going to be pretty soon. I think it's going to be pretty soon, okay? Because we've got, there's, I mean, the psychic part of me, the, then we've got an eclipse today, uh, Aries at 29 degrees, which the last time that happened was to April 2004. So think back to April 2004, what you were doing, because the same pattern is probably going to come up. You might have a different take on it, because obviously you're much older and wiser than you were then. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> the same pattern. So, and then we have Mercury retrograde in, in a day starts. Mm. So this is actually pretty powerful right now this time. Yeah. Well, in 2004, I was a, at this, at this time I was a <laughs> sophomore in high school. So, okay. I mean, life That's... wasn't going great. Life wasn't going great in any high school. But... No, no, but I'm sure that it was, it, you can just kind of think about, you know, what were some things that were coming up in your life at that time? Like for me, it's interesting. And 1977 was the beyond that. And I know my family moved from Miami to Sanibel. We had a move that my mother really didn't want to make, by the way. And um, then my parents got divorced shortly after that. And I was three-ish, three. And then in 1994, I was at a horse farm and we were leasing it. And the people went to sell the farm basically out from under me. And um, I had to switch, I had to find another farm and I actually started my LLC at that point. I just went out on my own. So I'm looking at this for myself, watching these sort of patterns and going, I don't really want to move from my farm, but we'll have to see. I don't know. (laughs) Well, in 2004, 
I mean, nothing nothing big happened that year, I'll say. Nothing big happened that year, I don't think. I mean, I, I, I can't remember. I, it's possible something happened, but I just – that year wasn't that big a year in my life, I don't think. Okay. I mean, I don't – but then again – when you when you drink and smoke a lot away, then you know memories of memories a funny thing. But but let me ask you this: since since my second question, I ask everybody: since you're a psychic and medium, have you had any interesting experiences with ghosts, spirits, UFOs, aliens, or any cryptids in that matter? Um. Yeah, my entire well, my my life, especially after my mom passed, has been one experience after the other. But probably the, one of the ones that stands out for me is um, probably around 2009 or 10. And I found a, he was, he was a medium and he was a physical medium. Oh. Sorry about that. I had to lock I had to lock one dog up so we could bring the so we could move the other one to the back part of the garage. But okay. otherwise um, otherwise they barked the whole show and it's just impossible. I got it. But, all right, all right. But uh, but anyway, oh, there's the other one. Okay. Come here, monkey. Oh no, she gets to she gets upstairs. She ain't coming over here. <laughs> Most calm. But yeah, I mean. Really, dude? Really? Yeah, I hear you. All right, well, let me just say, I mean, yeah, I let, me ask, let me ask this. What was, what was the scariest or most horrifying experience with a ghost you've had? Um, the scariest experience was when I didn't even know I could do it. I asked my guides if I could. Um, I'll wait till you get back. Okay. Keep going. I can hear you. He's, he's, oh, sorry. As, uh, um, sorry. I, I didn't know. I was, you I was like, I was, uh, <laughs> talking. Yeah, I got the wireless headphones on, so I can oh, okay. hear. I just, right. I, I just right. myself, so he doesn't make a lot of noise, but sure, he's yeah. out again, so he, he's happy. Um, probably when I didn't even know I could do it, I asked my guides if I could, and they said yes. I have a friend that has an old farmhouse. It's um, probably about sixty years old, and they had someone that was um, in the farmhouse still that had uh, his wife had passed, and he was still there. Then he was causing a lot of problems for the family. And my friend asked me if I could cross him over. And the answer is no, I can't cross him, but my guy could get his wife and see if his wife could get him to cross over. And she did. And when that happened, I wasn't even anywhere near that house. I was actually in a, in a meeting and I literally felt his soul move through me. And that was at the time terrifying. I didn't quite know what was going on. And, um, then my friend called and said, I don't know what you did, but everything's quiet in the house. And and that's how I knew. And then my I asked my guides and they said, his wife came and got him and he crossed. So um, for me, I mean, that to me was even scarier than seeing phenomena or or just because it went, it moved through me. Like I pulled the soldier through me. And um, so after that, now I have a rule, like 
we don't do that anymore. <laughs> There's no moving through me. <laughs> wow. I mean, I've talked to people who help like spirits move over on a daily basis. Like mm -hmm. it's their it's their it's their specialty. Yeah. Which I need one of them to come to my house personally because we have a spirit here. He's been he's been quiet recently, actually. I mean, oh, especially like with the dogs being in the basement, he's quiet, and with the chickens being outside in the shed, actually, he's quiet. Okay. When we first when we first bought the house, he used to literally murder chickens. Yeah, he didn't like the chickens; they poop everywhere. Yeah, or well, he literally, I, the guys just showed me that the chickens just—they were not that they're just being chickens. Chickens just being chickens, but yeah, he's particular about that house, huh? He built it. He, he built, built it. it. He's particular he about that house. He built it in 67 or 64, okay. somewhere around there. And yeah, because like he's showing me the stonework. I don't know what he's talking about, but the stonework or something. Like, I don't know if he was laying bricks himself, but. I mean, um, I don't know what that would be. Uh, I mean, there's bricks outside my house that are like just laying there in the pile, but I don't know yeah. where you would. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Possibly. Like the I mean, cement blocks, like the bricks, the cement blocks. I, I don't know if that's part of your house, but. Oh, I mean, my ba my basement is all cement walls, so okay. I mean, it's possible. And the, there, oh, there's a whole there's a whole back section in the garage where the chickens originally wore that is okay. made of cement blocks. Okay, I, he probably put those in himself. He, I mean, I don't know why he had that section in the garage the way he did for anything. It, it served. Oh, yeah, I, I, I imagine you would, but it just okay. serves. I mean, it it looked like a coop when we moved in, so that's why yeah. we put the chick. We built the door, put it on there, and put the chickens in there because it looked like a coop, and okay. like there was a loft even and everything too. So like, I thought maybe it was just like, I don't know. I, I don't think he ever owned chickens. I know there's no science. Chickens. I don't think that they were chickens. I think that um, I don't know not really what was going on in that area, but he's particular about that area. Or maybe it's just that he has moved into that area himself. So. He tries he has. to stay in that area and wants it sort of as his his own space. Atri, can I can I show this? Is it going to let me? Do I still have a say to my? Oh yeah, let me show this. Oh. That's something. That's my garage, and that's something I caught in my garage back in February. Oh, yeah, and it comes back. Wait for it. There it goes. Oh look at that! And that's that we believe yeah. we we believe that's him. I have another video that's a lot more orbs it looks like but i mean i think that's just a lot of dust personally like because you know how dust can look like orbs dust does make cameras. that but um that's kind of interesting so i think that's him i mean when we I originally had paranormal investigators come here back in december over a year like december 2022 okay. or i'm sorry december december 2021 when we first moved in i had investigators come in before i started doing paranormal podcasting or anything and they said that him and his wife are both here but we think his wife likes to stay in my daughter's room because they never had kids. So, which, which has been confirmed by family members who live nearby, but okay. they never had kids. So we think the wife likes to stay in my daughter's room to kind of, kind of watch over her. Okay. And we think he was, a, he had a nice, when we first moved, moved in, like looked at the house, he had a nice BMW that like a family member eventually took out the property once we bought the house. But yeah. I think he worked in the garage on his car a lot, and he it seems like he Mickey Mouse a lot of this house together. So okay, I, I think he's stuck here for that reason. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what like I'm trying to figure out why they wouldn't cross over, but 
I mean, they're not, I, I, I can't really, I don't know. The answer is, I don't know why they didn't cross over unless they were religious, unless there was a religious thing. And I, th I think they just love this house so much that they're stuck to it because they built it. They, they lived their lives in it for the last 50 years of their lives. Like they love this house. So I, I mean, I oh, think yeah. they, I think they're the house. I call it making a deal with uh, the spirits, basically. Like you can have this portion and we have this portion. Like you make a little deal with them. It's just, it's funny because if you go in my daughter's room, it's always colder than the rest of the house. Yeah. So she's anyway. a, not that he's a, I don't think he's a malicious spirit or anything like that, but I do think that he can definitely. If one's going to try to scare you or do something that's not nice or kill chickens, it's going to be him. His wife seems pretty like she, yeah, she tries to watch over things. I mean, yeah, I mean, they have a child with them too. Did they not have children? I don't as know. Far, as far as their family members tell us, they never had kids. They never had kids, right? But there's a yeah. child with them too so i don't know if she had a miscarriage or you see what i mean like there's there's a baby highly highly possible highly possible and i don't know i mean that's that's anyway i mean <laughs> when, when we first moved when we first moved in like the reason we got investigators coming to begin with is because my wife and her sister when she was staying my her sister was staying over thanksgiving in 2021 for like a four or five day visit and my what and like her sister saw a shadow person like move like from the hallway to the kitchen and then back into the hallway again and then just would stand in the hallway and stare at her so i don't yeah i mean the house they come from is in the the house they lived in the, the house that she that her sister still lives in and that my wife originally lived in was in the bridgewater triangle which there's a lot of and it was built on Native American burial ground. Her grandfather found out later after he bought the house. But so there's a lot of activity in that house, 100. Yeah. percent Like I've been, I've been, I, I've been up in that house at like two, three in the morning, and it's creepy as could be. Like it's just wow. you, you feel like you're being watched because you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and like her, my my brother-in-law would walk into my wife's room when and like before I met her, and like he would just see like spirits around her, like. So many spirits standing around her. Wow, it's it's incredible, and it really is. And I, I would love to get like some real investigators in that house. And like, oh, like yeah. I don't, I don't think her, I don't think her um stepfather would ever allow it. Yeah, that that's the hard part. But that would be really interesting. Get some good ghost hunters in there. And here's the creepiest part. My wife, when I first met, her, when I first started dating her, when we were just boyfriend girlfriend. Like I would stay at her house every every other weekend, and I asked her the first weekend. I'm like, when we went to bed, I'm like, I'm like, you don't turn off the light. I'm like, you don't turn off the lights when you go to bed. And she's like, if you turn off the lights in this room, and she's like, you could ask both my sisters this. They'll tell you the same thing. On the ceiling, there's a shadowy figure that's on the ceiling with a hand outstretched, and it looks like there's two or three orbs floating in his hand. Yeah. No. No, leave the lights on then. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, that's, I'm like, yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I was into the paranormal at that point still, of course. I've always been into the paranormal, but like I didn't start my podcast yet, so I didn't really talk to people about it on a common basis. Sure. So, but I still was like, yeah, I, I agreed. I was like, leave, leave the light on then. That's leave all. The that's lights all good. On, then. That's a good idea. Oh, yeah. 
I can I can deal with having a nightlight on just for that reason, even if it's a bright one. Listen, an outstretched hand, I would be like, uh, no, no, thank you, no, thank you. Um, I mean, it basically reminds me of the poltergeist house. Yeah, right? that's a that's a that's a definite t- poltergeist type activity for sure. But I mean, so uh, I, whenever I talk to a medium, I like to ask them the horrible, the most horrifying ghost experience question, and then what was the most uplifting or the most amazing ghost experience like the one that made you like almost like maybe even break down tears over of joy because it was just such a moving experience uh so um it was about 2011 and i was still grappling with my gifts and trying to figure out if this was really real or what because i was a very skeptical person i love to be locked in my own skepticism and it was sort of challenging for me to break myself out of that and um, I live in Orlando, in Sanford, so I'm next to Casadega. Um, and in Casadega, they had a physical medium that was visiting. It was a traveling physical medium. And I had no idea that a medium would be. I didn't know what that was. And so I went and he was having a spirit night, like a transfiguration is what they call that. And um, you're supposed to be able to sit there and see literally your loved ones walking around. You know, other people are watching this too. And um, they talk to you using his voice, right? And I thought, well, that's insane. (laughs) I was like, that's crazy. I'll go. And my husband is an electrical engineer. um, And he is very, he's not, he's skeptical, but he's very science-based. So I said, I'm going to bring him to debunk it basically is what I was doing, right? I'm such a lovely little person then. And uh, we went and we're sitting there along with about 15 other people and John Lillick was his name and he started doing his thing. And um, eventually my grandmother showed up and in full like transfiguration and I'm sitting there going, you gotta freaking be kidding me. And my husband's kind of just staring like this. And so my, my grandmother and my uncle both came through and gave messages that sounded just like them, what they would have said. And um, other people's loved ones also came through that night. So I remember we got in the car and I said to my husband, I said, all right, tell me how he did that. And Mike's driving in the car going, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's all he could say. And I'm sitting in the passenger seat like, this changes everything. You know what I mean? Like, I think I've just been shown physical proof that spirit exists. And with other people witnessing it. Um, so that was kind of a magical night because I think that's really when it all completely shifted for me. Amazing. It sounds incredible. And that's just like, it gave me chills, that story. Like it, it literally gave me chills. And like yeah. that, to, that, that to me is a true uplifting ghost experience. And that's just yeah. incredible. I mean, John, you know, John became my mentor, my teacher. And then unfortunately he passed away of lung cancer in uh, 2014. But um, he still comes through. I see him with his little blue flash. So I see him around me all the time and he gets to talk to me. So I'm lucky. So when did you learn you could communicate with animals as well? Uh, So that would have been probably around 2010-ish, 2010-ish. And um, I have a good friend that's a cranial sacral um, therapist and he works on horses actually. And he said, hey, do you think I, I have this horse? Do you think you could talk to it? And I went, I don't know. Can I talk? I mean, I'm a trainer. I can probably, I don't know. <laughs> can I talk to it? And um, he said, yeah, well, you can talk to dead people. Why not animals? I said, all right, I'll try. And that's that's how I found out. 
that, yes, I can do that. Um, I can do it with babies too, actually. Nonverbal babies works as well, but it's just, it's telepathy, so. Uh, sorry, I was listening. Oh, no. voice message. I was going to do a voice message my next guest sent me, and apparently I need to delay a half hour, but I'm actually happy. I'm actually, it actually works out because I can give you a little more time than oh, okay, I would, I'd be able to. So I, I'm happy about that. Okay. But, but so what animals have you worked with necessarily? Um, horses, dogs, cats, snakes, a flamingo. The flamingo was awesome. Um, Alligator. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> lots of them, <laughs> lots of animals. <laughs> okay. I never have talked to an animal communicator who has worked with a flamingo or an alligator. So we're definitely oh. touching on both of those. Okay, but perfect. the flamingo, though, I mean, because they, the oh, the they, they, they are, they are, they are majestic creatures. And they really like, are. They're so smart. Flamingos are really actually very smart. Um, what happened was we were at, we were at uh, Bush Gardens, and I was there with my family, and I chose to wear this bright pink shirt for some unknown reason. And we were in the flamingo cage, at, like the flamingo exhibit area, and about five flamingos were following me around the exhibit, right? And they wouldn't leave me alone. And my husband's going, "I think they're trying to talk to you." And I was like, "Well, okay." And so the zookeeper was there. And uh, the zookeeper said, what is you, your husband talking about? You talk to animals? And I said, yeah, I'm an animal communicator. I was like, do you mind if I communicate with your flamingos? And she said, no, go ahead. So we spent a good 15, 20 minutes communicating with flamingos. And they were very, very smart. They were great. They, I mean, they seem like intelligent creatures. That's the thing is they seem like intelligent creatures. And they are. They and their brains actually is interesting because their brains to me work very quickly. I didn't think that their thought process was that fast, but it really is quite quick. And it was like, it was like, boom, 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 boom. And um, so it was, it was interesting. They, let me remember what they asked for because I can't really, they were asking for things of the zookeeper. <laughs> um, and, and really it was, it was food based. So I think they had like some kind of shrimp pellets or something and they were asking for more of those, the shrimpy taste. Mm. Because I'll get a lovely taste in my mouth if an animal's trying to communicate a food, so that's fantastic. Liver snacks and dogs, let me tell you. But um, little little shrimpy pellets. Interesting, and that, that is. I mean, we're we're actually going to the Southwick Zoo on Saturday for my son's birthday, and I, I mean, I've always been a I've always been a zoo lover because I love animals and I love mm -hmm. seeing animals that you never that you can't see like just in the wild in America. Or even ones you can see in the wild, but you never will unless you're actually like yeah. out there in the out there in the deep woods. Like right. which I, I have no intention to be in the deep woods ever. <laughs> I, I hate I hate camping. I hate hike. I hate hiking, even though I've been forced to do both with my wife and kids. But I hate <laughs> both those things. So, I mean, as much as I would love to go like sas big footing one day and look for proof of Sasquatch, like I just I do it when I go hiking because I it's a reason for me. It's the reasoning to go hiking. Yeah, is, I was going to say Ocala National Forest because they've got Sasquatch there supposedly. So, I mean, well, I, I mean, I live in Massachusetts, so I've gone to Lemonster State Forest. I've gotten to Freetown State Forest, which are both areas are supposed to be. I mean, Freetown State Forest is in the Bridgewater Triangle, and it's supposed to be a huge Sasquatch area. I lived, area. In, um, I lived in Marlboro, Massachusetts, and then Air for five years. Mm -hmm. 
my family has lived in Marlboro for 30 years. Oh, no, really? I lived on Main Street. My family lives up on Bernard Road area, like oh, okay. up, past, up past Fireflies. So okay. Yeah, it was it was a long time. We moved to Florida. We moved back. I moved back to Florida in 2002, but we moved from um, from college, from University of Rochester in New York in 2007 to Marlboro, Massachusetts. My husband worked for um, Raytheon in Sudbury. That's crazy because well, I know I know Sudbury well because I I actually I actually work in Bolton right now. Oh, okay. And, at a, a place called Paragon Communications. It's a telecom reseller. But, and I, my family, it's funny because my family's originally from, my, my family's originally from Kingston, New York. Okay. So a lot of connections here, a lot of synchronicity. Good connection, here. right? Yeah. I mean, because, oh, it's funny. I talked, so many people I talked to lived in New York near where I lived or they lived in Massachusetts near where I live. And it's just the connections that it's just insane. It's insane how it matches up always. Like, it's just, it is. I, I talked to plenty of people too. Cause I, I, I mean, what you knocked down, dude, but he literally just scurried back. Like he just like almost got collapsed on something, but <laughs> it's okay, buddy. It's okay. But, um, like I've interviewed, I mean, I, I do like, like this week I have like six interviews. So like I, interview people from all over the world but like mm -hmm. it's funny how many of them are from areas i live in or i live near like or i or grew up in like i grew up in tilson new york that was my home like which if you know rochester you might know tilson it's a small town between new falls and kingston but right but i mean not many people know it but it's just kingston new york is where my family came from and that's like where i went to high school and everything so that's it's awesome. just that's the area i know and Marlboro, my family, my family moved up here in 97, 98, somewhere around there, like they moved to Marlboro. So they've lived there since then. But I mean, it's we just, moved to Marlboro. <laughs> it's the same time period. Yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, if passes ever, if passes ever crossed, who the hell knows? I was too young then to know the difference. But, yeah. <laughs> and I barely, we, we visited them on holidays then maybe, or like for summer parties and stuff like that. But we never visited. I didn't move to Massachusetts until 2015. So, okay. but I mean, it's just synchronicity. I love it. I freaking love it. <laughs> but I want to hear about the alligator because I've never met anyone who worked with that alligator. And I, I, you can't, you know, they're intelligent to some degree, but I can't imagine um, their brains being huge. They are intelligent. Here's what's so interesting about them they do care for their young, right? And yep. they're very protective over their young. And it was unfortunate, well, it's unfortunate for the alligator, but there was an alligator in my driveway of my farm. And it was about a five foot long gator. So I, and I just was, I was asking it, I was like, if you could just keep going, like keep on moving, you know, towards the lake, like go to the lake and then you can live. You know what I mean? Like get off my property. Cause I have many donkeys. I'm like, I, I can't, and the donkey paddock was right there. I'm thinking, you know, not that it would eat the donkeys, but come on. Um, and the gator was too busy basically trying to stare me down and tell me where to go. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we're, we're in a stalemate. And I was in my car, thank goodness. Cause if I was standing there, that would have been a whole different situation. So I'm in my car, my husband's with me. We had to call the gator wrangler and uh, in Florida, they have those, I guess. And he came and um, he he wrangled her. It was a female, I guess. And he got her. But, uh, I, you know, 
the whole time, because there was a good 15 minutes before he showed up on my property, I was trying to get her to move and she wouldn't go. She wouldn't go. She was just so locked on. And so to me, their brains are different than anything that I've ever connected to. They're not, they're prehistoric, but then there's also this sort of, I, the way they care for their young, she was being, I don't know if she had young, to be quite honest with you, but she was being protective as though she did. And my land is far enough away from that the, the lake that, you know, I don't know what she would be doing out there. I don't know that she had young at that time, but it was almost like you could feel that maternal instinct in her. And um, so I don't, I don't really have a good explanation for their brains, but it was definitely different than anything that I had ever connected to. I could imagine. I mean, you're basically connecting with a living dinosaur. It's a, it was prehistoric. I mean, it was like their brain pattern has been around, I believe has been around since the dinosaurs without much change. Without much I change mean, in the brain pattern. I so can't imagine were, I can't imagine there would be much change because I mean they it was very they, different, even from a snake's like because I've connected with snakes and the snake brain to me came through differently than that alligator's brain. Which I mean, I, I actually have one of the animal communicators I talked to before, animal psychics, has worked with snakes as well. And I mean, I actually put in the uh title of the episode for that one, like um a we have like a parcel tongue. Because like I I like the wordplay in that so yeah. and I'm a hu I'm a huge Harry Potter verse fan so I mean I'm looking I'm looking forward to the new HBO Max series by far but good. I'm hoping they actually include more of the books in it than they did in the movies which they should be they should be able to with a full season with a full season for each book they yeah. have to be able to do that so yeah oh absolutely but so alligators and snakes are that different though when they're both reptiles to me they were yeah i was kind of shocked about it i mean we have lots of little lizards out here too like those little chameleon lizards, you know and i those, yeah. them all the time and they're they're different than that alligator and it may have just been that particular alligator but it was very um i mean the word prehistoric is the only thing i can think of to explain it like it was it was something that it was the part of your brain that feels the fear and that i mean there there was reasoning in there but it was like underneath all this instinct i guess would be the the word um because i'm trying to reason with this alligator like just keep walking you know here's my reasoning just keep going and you know you'll be happy and it'll be fine and just keep going and there was none of that she wasn't well happy. It was a female, so do you mm -hmm. think maybe she had eggs nearby or young nearby? See, it wasn't, I don't think so, because it wasn't during their season. Oh. But it, there was this maternal instinct in her. I mean, like, I could feel that maternal. And that's why I was like, to my husband, I was confused, because I'm thinking to myself, she can't have eggs, because they have a breeding season. You know, alligators have a season, and we're out of that season. And, uh, but, I mean, even the, even the gator wrangler who works with these animals, that's his job. He said to me that... Um, he said they're actually very, he said they're very maternal and they're very protective, even if they don't have eggs, even if they don't have young. If they have a nest or an area that they've considered their nest, they they are protective over that. Mm. So it makes, sense. it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Because, I mean, you want to keep that nest area safe for when you do have your next. I guess. Um, yeah. I guess eggs. <laughs> exactly. But. What was the snake brain like? Because I'm kind of I'm kind of curious compared to like the other person I talked to. Like, so, how, how um, about it? 
I, I have, I've talked to a few. Um, I have talked to the cotton mouth. Oh, was, right, right. Those things are aggressive. Like, no joke. I was walking across my driveway up here and um, the snake came right through my path. I almost stepped on it and I actually stepped over it and said, oh, I'm so sorry because I, you know, I don't want to step on a snake, any snake. And, and I just kept walking and then I turned around and it was chasing me at that point. And oh, so all I can, I have someone that works with me, thank goodness, in the, in the barn. And all I could scream was bad snake. All I could scream is bad snake. And, and she came out with a shovel and she's going, what's the problem? And I, I grab a shovel, bad snake. And uh, so then she dispatched the snake. But to be honest with you, there was there was such aggression and anger in that creature. I've never been chased by something like that. Never. And uh, and I've been chased by a couple things, but <laughs> not like that. Um, and then we have little garter snakes. And I actually have a big garter snake out here. And to talk to that garter snake, he's lovely. The garter snake is lovely. Well, I mean, they're, they're kind of the most like simple of snakes because they're just everywhere and they're they're not going to attack you no they're just i mean well that. normally normally right because right. i i mean i it's funny because i grew up with a in-depth fear of snakes because of my grandmother my mother my aunts like i feared snakes for so long with a passion <laughs> like fear like to the point where if i saw one in a book or a guy i love to read when I was a kid, and if I saw one, a picture of one in a book or a picture of one on TV, I would get like cold chills and start sweating. Wow. Like that's how in death my grand my grandmother, especially, like and put this fear in me of snakes. And I've touched snakes now. I, I mean, I've yet to put one around my shoulders, like my grandfather did at a fair one time. But like I I just I've touched them. I can look at them on TV. Like I used to watch this show on uh, Discovery Plus about people in Florida who like are wildlife wildlife captures. Right. And so like I can do that type of stuff now and not freak out and not like turn on the channel right away. Like okay. it doesn't bother it doesn't bother me like it used to. But okay. still like they still creep me out to some degree because like there was a garter snake when I lived in when I lived in when I lived in Hurley, New York with my father. Like we lived in a double wide trailer up in the a mountain in Hurley, New York. And okay there was this garter snake one summer that took a home, like in this little rock formation, like right outside the front porch. Mm-hmm. Like it was a little rock formation. It was a little snake. It was maybe, maybe three, four feet long, but still at that point, it still scared the shit out of me. And I was on the front, I was standing out on the front porch, like smoking cigarettes, and, like watch it and like watch it just chill underneath the rock, watch it come out. Like literally, literally there was one time it burst out of the ground, like by the rock. And I like jumped back like five feet. Oh Cause I was God. like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah like I'm that, thinking, I'm thinking, it's, it's, it's like tremors type stuff, but <laughs> it's just, and like eventually, but that helped me a lot though. Cause I got to watch every day. And like, I think it was, it was some holiday and we had like, my brother was there and like his girlfriend and his girlfriend's family and stuff. And like, we were a bunch of us were sitting on the front porch, like smoking something besides cigarettes. And we like also like they're talking to the snake and stuff, and like all of a sudden the snake bared its teeth. It, like it bared its teeth at us because we were we were talking to it, and like it, like my girlfriend's uh, my brother's girlfriend's sister was like, "Oh, you're so cute." And it was just like, <sighs> and it was like, "Oh, Ooh, whoa, buddy. Girl, that is a mad snake." Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, 
I think it's because we noticed it and knew we noticed it. And like, I, yeah. I, I never tried talking to it. I was just trying, like, I looked at it. I, that's basically it. And like, it was funny because like, you never knew where in the yard it would be. Technically, it was usually by that rock or like underneath the porch or like on its way back to the rock. Mm-hmm. But the the one day, like, I was literally in the house and my father was walking outside doing something, and you just hear him scream like a girl, and like. He literally uh, must he almost stepped on the snake. That's what it was. Like the snake went by his feet, oh, like he almost stepped yeah. on it. He, he screamed like a girl. And it was my my best friend came in the house, like laughing his ass off, like, did you hear that? I'm like, yeah, I heard it. <laughs> that's, <nice. laughs> that's lovely. You know, that's lovely. <laughs> but the, the funniest part is my dad was putting uh either windshield washer fluid in my car or something like that. Like he was he he worked his whole life in the car business. So he was always checking my car, seeing what it needed and stuff. And he saw something like moving in my car when he lifted the hood one time. And so he grabbed it and pulled it out. And it was a snake in the hood of my car. Wow. It must have climbed up there for warmth or something. Yeah, but something. I'm like, well, I was like, I'm like, you got it out, right? He's like, yeah, I put it back down in the grass and it went away from your car. I'm like, thank you, God. Like, and for the next well, week, I was like, I'm the next. I'm into the cabin while I'm driving. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. The next the next week, I was like I was like watching my vents and stuff, making sure it wasn't going to pop out. That would honestly, Jeremy, that would freak me out. And it I'm an animal communicator. That would do it. I mean, I don't want that. Like, if I don't know you're there, I don't want to. You know. Mm-mm. I mean, snakes will always freak me out to some degree until the. I mean, I've seen them in the wild now when we go hiking and stuff, and like I've seen them like in wild. Like it's usually garters, but I've seen them in the wild and like. They don't scare me to the point where I run away, but like it's just like I'll avoid them. Like I'm not gonna go near them because right. you don't you don't mess with them. Like they've been around forever, like alligators have, and you're not gonna mess. I with don't them. mess with them either. Yeah, I let them be. I mean, especially in Florida, especially in Florida, like <laughs> the amount it's of the difference though in the energy between the co- like because I thought the at first when I stepped over it, I just thought it was a regular garter snake. You know, it's like a black snake. I was like, okay, yeah. but the energy difference in the snakes is what really shocked me because I hadn't really connected with a venomous snake before and um and it was much different and, and i don't know if all venomous snakes are like that or just particularly mad copperheads but this thing was angry and i just remember thinking it's not going to stop chasing me like this is bad <laughs> this is bad yeah i mean it it i mean i i i used to have nightmares all the time as a kid where like it'd be the dream would be like i was like in the shower and a snake would come out of the oh, drain or like I would be in the toilet and like a snake would be in the toilet when I went to the, the sea or something because my grandfather made the mistake of showing me when I was a kid like this video from India where like a snake was in the toilet and he didn't explain oh. to me that, he didn't explain to me that American septic systems are a little bit different right a snake a snake couldn't get up there like well, it's literally impossible right but in India it's very possible at least back in the 90s yeah. And I don't know if it still is, but it still it was possible. I mean, I could believe it still is because a lot of places in India are still like underdeveloped. But it's just it's like I just this whole snake thing freaks me out to no end. But I'm I'm kind of curious about dogs because having two mastiffs of my own and like trying to train mastiffs is like trying to train the most bullheaded fucking animal in the world. They're, like they're um well mastiffs were protector dogs and they that's what they were originally bred for correct they were they they were war dogs in world war one yeah protector dogs yeah and so i mean their job really was to assess the situation and then act on it um now so getting them to you know follow commands they are strong-willed dogs 
They are probably the most strong-willed of all the breeds, to be quite honest with you. Mastiffs. My, my wife would agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, Mastiffs, I would say, probably of all the breeds. Um, but they're also really loving, and they're really wonderful. Oh. And when they get their brains, which usually happens, I don't know, around two or three years old, right? They got to be like three years old to get a brain or four. Like to me, they mature a little bit later than some of yeah. the so maybe four years old. Um, but they're one, I mean, they're just wonderful and they will protect you. And I mean, we had a Mastiff at the farm I worked at, at uh, in um, Waterford, Massachusetts, right? Oh, I know Waterford. Yeah, up in Waterford. And, um, her name was Leah. And I remember somebody, I was, I was by myself at the horse farm, um, in, at night, locking up, making sure all the horses had their stuff before I went home. And there was a gentleman that stopped by and he shouldn't have been there really. And I was the only one there. And, and Leah actually walked in front of me, this 200 pound dog and just stood there. And Leah was very loving to everybody. And Leah lowered her head and just did this growl at this guy. And the guy backed up and he's like, I'll see you later. <laughs> he just backed up and got out of there. So I just remember being like, good dog. You know what I mean? And this before I did any kind of animal communication. But she read the situation beautifully. So I do trust in Mastiff. I trust in their breeding. If they're bred well and properly, then they have good discernment on that kind of stuff. Um, not when they're they See, it's, it's funny. Because my first Mastiff, Munchkin, not, not the one you saw, but the first Mastiff I have, Munchkin, who's... Uh, She's a good 130 pounds now, but we've had her for over a year now. And when we first got her, she met my neighbor next door, who we Ooh. think is a, we kind of, he likes to fly his drone very low over our yard okay. in the summer. And like, it's even over our kids when they're playing outside and stuff. And weird. We, yeah. we, we don't get good vibes from him. Okay. Like in his yard looks like a junkyard and he likes to blast, well, because of the dogs and the chickens, like he likes to blast loud music all day. Nice. But, uh, but I mean, he just met Munchkin immediately started barking at him and like not getting a good, like I could tell she was not getting a good vibe from him. Mm -hmm. And so I agree with the protective thing, like a hundred percent, like they are, yeah. they're, they're great dogs. They're loving us. Really I, I mean, think you have good discernment when they get you, older, like when they get old enough to get their brain in. I mean, you you saw Moose like giving me kisses in the beginning of this. Like he's, they're loving dogs. Like they're wonderful family dogs. We we're trying to breed them, which you know it's not going so great yet. But I don't think Moose is big enough yet to do that. But okay. but oh oh, we do have a question. Um, and this is hundred percent up to you. I'm not gonna dictate anything here. But okay. is there? Basically, she's asking if you're willing to do a reading, and that's 100% up to you. I don't ever force my guests to do that unless they want to. No. Uh, for an animal or a person? Sadie's, if for an animal or a person, that's the answer we need. So, But, yeah, while we're waiting for that. um, Sorry. So it's all good. Get online. Yeah, of course you need to know. I mean, it makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, I... They are definitely our bullhead because I've met so many different. I never owned a dog before this, but Wait, so, some, here's the hard thing: is Sadie still here, or did she? Person, 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 person. Okay, person, please. Um. Uh, so, so Sadie, sure, but here's the thing: you're you're looking for a person reading, and I don't know why I have a dog that's passed, and I don't know if it's connected to you or to Jeremy. Here's the problem: I got two people in the room. Um, well, I may be able to lead in that a little bit. 
because okay. back in September, my 18-week-old Mastiff Harley died because okay. he was he was born with uh, misshaped kidneys. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, because I don't know Pat here, so I can scribble. Um, yeah, because I got I'm like and a dog in the room. Um, I mean, so I, I don't know if that's what you're picking up on, but it I could don't be. know, or it's for Sadie. That's the problem. Let me see. I don't know. I don't know if you can do this today, but well, Sadie, have you have you had a dog pass recently? Like, let me let me ask that because I mean, it could be a coincidence. It could be it, be, it could be, it could be, it could be a coincidence if we both had that happen. But I mean, I don't know. Get into the energy of the. But um, wait, wait and see what she says here. But okay. which I love, that. Sadie. I'm gonna say I love your name because I think I, th I think of the song. <laughs> but beautiful, Sadie. I, I want to say it was Beatles, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be wrong. Oh, yep, she had a pup. She had a pup a few years that passed a few years ago. That okay. she loved. Perfect. Let me let me see if I. Sorry, let me just see if I can get into that energy then, because and Jeremy said it's not your dog, but let me. I know she wanted a person, but this is what <laughs> at least like at least she can. And Sadie, Sadie Sadie says thank you so much, guys. Oh, you're so welcome. Um. The pup that passed. Uh, so, the way that I work with with spirit is they show me. Um, I get pictures. I get feelings. Sometimes I get symbols. Words are fantastic, but sometimes I don't get words. Um, but they showed me the holding of hands, which to me means that I don't know that if you had to let her go, like you had to make a decision. But the um, and they snap the fingers, which means quick. So I don't know what happened to your pup, but I feel like it was it was quick, and there was a decision that had to be made, and. The pup just wants you to know that they're okay on the other side. And they're actually coming in with a, a female figure to me that would be like a mother-grandmother figure. So I don't know if your mom asked as well. Uh, I mean, so, all right. It, that might be Sadie then. Because, I mean, we had to let my pup go. Like we had to Yeah, no, Sadie. this is Sadie. This isn't you. This is almost Sadie. Uh, okay, good. I'm good, Sadie. Good. So that's why I was like trying to get her to just validate for me that, that <laughs> somebody's energy. Um. But anyway, City, you're—I don't know what you—they, I don't know if there was a health issue or what, but they said that you're doing better now. So I hope that that resonates for you. Um, um, but just that you're doing better. So so just sorry, I'm like trying to connect, and I don't even know if Sadie's still here. Oh, yep, and she she says yes, it was. Yes, it was so sad. Thank you so much. Okay. My my nan will have her now. Okay. And and yes, thank you. Okay, perfect. Sadie, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I'm sorry for your losses. So yeah, well, I'm glad we helped you find some an end result there, Sadie. At least I can't think of a better word right now, but no, uh, some appreciate it acceptance. I guess would be the word. I could be wrong on that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, just so you know, Sadie's, Sadie's nan is like coming through is, is just this beautiful, sweet, kind energy. And um, Sadie, I don't know if you can feel it right now through goosebumps or what, but she's giving you a huge hug. So I hope that you can feel that. Okay. And she says it means so much. Have a lovely night. Okay. You too, We're Sadie. Thank you. Glad, glad, glad you can get some help with that, Sadie. I really am. I'm, that, that's what these shows are about. And 
it's hard when people don't. And it's night where it's night here too. So when we're both in the East Coast, so it's night for both of us. So I'm glad to hear that, Sadie. Glad you can thank get you. what you need. And thank you for doing that. I mean, I've had cyclists um, before who don't who, who don't like to do live readings, but I always leave it up um, to the guests. I don't I don't want to dictate I, things like that. I, I leave it up to my guides. I think of myself literally. I'm the cord in the wall. So like. Plug me into the wall and let me go. Like that's that's how I think of myself. So hopefully the energy exactly. flows properly. And that's that's my job is just to keep it flowing. So were there any other animals that you've worked with besides the ones we talked about by by chance? Um and Sadie has, and Sadie wanted to say I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. It was my honor. Thank you. Um, let me see what other, I mean, I'm trying to think the normal animals. I mean, we do horses all the time and dogs and cats and, um, it's, it's funny. The, the farm, the, the breeder who I got my masters from is also a horse farmer and she, I mean, the race, the race horses, but she also raises horses as well. That's awesome. Yeah, um, you know, I I love animal communication. I love it. I love being able to, to communicate with, with my animals, which, by the way, communicating with my own animals is the hardest thing to do. That's the hardest thing to do. And what I love is when people say to me, well, you're an animal communicator, so your dogs must be really well behaved. Are your children always really well behaved? Because they understand everything you say. <laughs> Right? They, no. they, will light up. they will look at me and say, we got you and take off the other way. Mm -hmm. That is frustrating because I know you little guys, you know what I'm saying. They don't care. They don't care. Oh, they so, don't. I, I have I have a five and eight year old and they do not listen in the slightest. And I literally just turned off my son's Wi-Fi tonight because he refused to clean his room. So, yeah, I 100% get that. And, <laughs> and I can't turn off their Wi-Fi. I mean, I you know, what can I do? I'm, I, but uh, exactly, it's it's uh, when I teach people with animal communication, I teach them how to do it. I always tell them like, just be aware that your animals are the hardest ones to connect to, to me because we have our egos sort of wrapped up in them. Um, I don't want to hear that my dogs are upset about something. They have a good life, you know. I don't want to hear that crap. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean your bed's too hard? Like, let me see that bed. It's fine. It's soft. But you know. Well. And I mean, yes, my dogs are the, we can't let them loose, even though small, even moose anymore. We can't let them loose because they like to kill the chickens if we let them loose. Oh, okay. And like, they'll strip, start, go over to a chicken grab it and like start grab by the neck and start like pulling feathers out of it. And like, I guess the other day while I was at yeah. work last week, my munchkin actually rip, start ripping the chicken's intestines out and everything. So. Oh no. Yeah. So the, I mean, <sighs> In my mind, it's their predatory instinct because that's what they were made it is to do. what they think they're supposed to be doing. It's just the chickens need to be safe too. So mm. I get it. They do. I mean, but I mean, we, we don't let them outside without leashes to begin with, or unless they're on chain or something. But mm -hmm. like they literally, like Munchkin will, if you don't lock the front door and like put a like a string around it so it's like really secure, she will burst out the front door and go after the chickens. Like she'll strip, like just push the front door open with her weight. Oh, and, I mean, it's what they're—it's what they were made to do. I get that, and I understand that. But it's just like, 
come on, girl, like just stop it. Like, like I've seen pictures on Facebook of chickens and like dogs living in harmony before. Like, why can't you be like that? <laughs> no, no, no. Because they like Kentucky Fried Chicken. I mean, well, that's, that's my wife. It's funny you say that because my wife said the other night she's like, any chicken they kill, we should just end, or that they are gonna, that's gonna die because of them. I mean, we should we should, we should end it and then cook up the chicken and give it to them. That yeah. way they. Yeah. They get like they get what they wanted. They get like the accomplishment of the kill, and that maybe that'll stop them is because they'll realize. Oh no, that won't stop them. They'll keep going. <laughs> they like that. Then I mean, are you kidding? That would be a reward, but they're not going to stop either way. So well, I mean that that way we're also not wasting chickens because I mean these That's chickens true. are these chickens are too old for us to ever eat because like they're okay. just, they're past that point in life where like a or like a butcher would kill a chicken. Okay. Like they're pa they're past that point in life, but yeah. uh, most most of them are anyway, and I'm pretty, pretty sure all of them are. I'm not that much of a. They're my wife's chickens. I I put up with them. That's all I do. And they 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 follow me around. And they like to get pet once in a while. But other than that, like Aww. we have we have we have yeah we have one named Red. I, or at, least, at least I think we still have her. She might have got killed by one of the dogs, but she we had one named Red, and she used to come on our front porch. And like if the door was open to the house, she'd come in the house and start like pecking around. So. Oh, but, but I mean, she was a, like literally during one of my work meetings, my last job, she like jumped up my lap and like I was paying her during a work meeting. And everybody's like, what the hell is that? And I'm like, it's a house chicken. <laughs> like, oh. but, uh, but let me ask you, because you do you do Reiki and I Reiki is one of those things that I truly don't understand. Even though I talk to many Reiki masters, I do yeah. not understand it for the life of me. So like, Technically, I'm a Reiki master, but I actually don't use Reiki because Reiki is a very specific form of, of he, uh, energy healing where you have symbols, there's symbols, and there's all this stuff. So um, I just use my own kind of style of energy healing when I do it. And uh, I did use Reiki for a long time, but I don't really anymore. It just it's It works, but it just, I with my guides and everything else, the way my body works now, especially um, after my two Google events, because they literally, my heart got rewired during those apparently. Um, so I do a little bit of different, different style. Yes, uh, which I wanted to bring that up, but I'm happy you said that because <laughs> I believe you had like two heartbreaks in a short period of time and your heart actually it, stopped because of it. Um, it didn't stop, it went into heart failure. So, oh. In December 2000, yeah, right. Oh, in December 2017, I was running around having a normal day. I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't do any of that fun stuff. And um, I sat down on the couch to eat my food because I had my dinner and I was just going to eat it on the couch and got this horrible chest pain, horrible chest pain. And I called my husband and I said, I don't know what's going on, but you got to come home. You know, all right, something's happening. And so I screwed around with it for about four hours and then finally went into the, uh, the ER because I didn't want to go to the hospital. And sure enough, I guess there's something called broken heart syndrome or Takasugo event. I had never heard of it, but stress and a bunch of other things can kick it off. And basically it causes your heart to swell and go into heart failure. And having one of these events is basically like a one of a zillion shot. And then I had two because I went, they, the, they diagnosed me, stabilized me, had me spend the night in the hospital, sent me home. I walked into my house and had the second Takasugo event. So then I got to spend three days on the cardiac ward in the local hospital. Um, they still don't know a year and something later what caused them. 
and I had specialists looking all over for a long time. And um, so I'm just lucky my heart rebounded mostly. It's still a little wonky as my cardiologist calls it, but it's doing okay. So my guides were like, yeah, we had to rewire your heart. So that was fantastic. Wow. I mean, why did, I don't know why, but they, did, I mean, my EKG is bizarre is my cardiologist says, yeah, it's unique is what they call it. So, okay. It's the electric front. Well, I mean, it's weird because I am a, I was at one point before my surgery, a 400 pound man. I drank, I smoked like a bandit. I drank like a freaking, basically like an alcoholic, but I wasn't an alcoholic. But I mean, I just, cause I could go hours without drinking, but I, well, days without drinking if I had to, but I mean, I just, I've never had any issues health wise. And it's a mystery to my family. It's a mystery to my wife. It's a mystery to me why I am so healthy, even though I've been like the worst epitome of health my whole life. And like, I'm, I'm down to 280 now because I had Good. surgery. To, I had surgery to help me get there, but so, I mean, I still smoke like a bandit, especially now that I can smoke while doing podcasts. I work in the basement and yeah, I, I still drink as I am right now because I just, I have to deal with two kids every two ma and two masters every day. So drinking <laughs> is kind of a thing that helps, but I mean, it's just, yeah, like I, I, soul I, I don't, I, I, that's all my, I can say. Soul plan. Like it's just on your soul plan to be a healthy critter, no matter see, what I am actually working with a guest I had. I'm going to be working starting next Friday with a guest I had in the show last week, Jassy Jackson, mm -hmm. and she she does one of the, one of the many things she does is she helps you find your true purpose in life, oh. and and normally for a session like that, for like a program like that with her, it costs like fourteen hundred dollars, but okay. me and her worked it out where I'll advertise for her in my podcast and she'll do it for free. Because we we clicked, we clicked. I mean, I click with a lot. I click with all my guests basically. Some on some yeah. because that's just. I mean, see, I never imagined myself being a podcaster, and then oh, just really? kind of, I joined a podcast because it was a post on Facebook I saw in one of the groups I was in. They're looking for people to be on a like a panel podcast called um, Bracket Bastards, mm -hmm. and I started on that back in November of last year, and. Well, November of 21, actually, I started on that. And, like, I just, I, they said, you just, they're like, they're like you, got a, you got opinions, you got a voice, start your own podcast and do, do it with something you love. And the paranormal is what I love. So I decided to start this podcast and eventually I started a music podcast as well. But I never saw myself being a podcaster. Like, I never saw it. Like, I love Mark Maron. I love Kevin Smith. I love a lot of podcasters. I just never saw myself doing it. And then eventually I started my own and just, it just, I mean, I've had people tell me before, it's my, I've had psychics tell me before, like, it's your purpose. It's what you're, you're meant to let people tell I their think story. At the beginning of this program, I said, you're about to blow open, right? So you're working with this amazing woman to find your purpose. You're doing your purpose and she's going to help you get out there. You're already Maybe. out there, but I mean, like, really like blow it open. I mean, we're open. I mean, at this point, it's 1.8k fault, 1.8 thousand followers on Facebook. It's almost a thousand on Twitter. It's just like yeah, it's, it's I, I, people know my name. Like it, yeah. I'm out there, but 
will I ever will I ever get worldwide famous? Like who knows? I don't know. I don't like I don't like to say I will because I to me that's I I hope. I don't like to say I will because let yourself let yourself do it, Jeremy. Don't get in the way of yourself. Let it. Oh, I don't. I mean, I work on my podcast. On the wall, right? Exactly. I'm mean, just the plug. Like, stick yourself in the wall and just let that energy go. I mean, I have other podcasters asking me, like, how do you do so many shows a week? Like, because like I put these lives on Twitter and like mm-hmm. and everywhere and everywhere else, and I like on Twitter I have retweet groups with other podcasters, and like they're like, how do you do so many interviews in a week? I'm like, because it's just it feels right, and like it's I like talking to people, and it's just what I do, but. I can't explain it. Like, it's just, I, my wife hates it. My wife literally freaking hates it. Like, because oh, no. every night I, because I mean, it's not true. Cause every night there are weeks where I barely podcast, but I mean, weeks like this week and next week, I am doing a lot of stuff because it's just either I set up interviews or people invite me on their podcast and I can't help it. Like I need to, I need to do both to get my name out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm, to me, I see a future in it, and that's why I do it because I see the future in it, and I just I want it to be like I love doing this. I love getting people like like people like you. I like getting your stories out there for other people to know. I like connecting people to you so that they can get the help they need. Like I am a people person. I always have been. I can talk to anybody in the world, and I can relate to them, and I can make them feel comfortable. Like that's just my that's my that's my gift. That's my gift. Is I. That's an amazing I'm a, gift. I'm a talker, like <laughs> as much as it drives my. I mean, but I'm not with like I'm not with my wife, which drives her crazy because I I barely talk to her, but yet I can talk to people from around the world. But I mean, it's just. Oh no. It's just one of those things. It's one of those things, but it's a dynamic thing. That's all. I've been married for like, 23 years, so. <laughs> I, we have our moments. We have our moments, and we—I make her—I make her laugh daily, and I make her happy at times. So I mean, well, that's let me tell you, laughter. That is all that matters in the end, is that there's laughter. If y'all can make each other laugh, then then, then that's which awesome. we, can, we do constantly. But I mean, perfect. Life is a—I mean, marriage is a battle of, and the man is never winning. That's my theory is the man is never truly yeah. winning in a marriage because you're never going to fe- win, Jeremy. The, no. the, fe- the females hold the power, which I am perfectly okay with. I accepted I that years ago. Before I was even dating my wife, yeah. I accepted that fact because I watched my, my mother's a strong woman and I watched her like in my, I watched her and my father divorce. Like in, oh. in like my, my middle school teenage years, I watched my mother and father divorce and not the most tension free of ways but i watched them divorce and it's just basically what it is like i i don't know like i just it's it's a battle every day between podcasting and trying to make my wife happy and but i fight it and i feel like i'm meant to i feel like it's my purpose i don't believe in a god i don't i don't believe in a singular god there could be gods i, I could 100 agree with that ancient thinking I know but I could agree with that no I believe listen I believe that we all have a soul and I believe that soul all comes from a divine source so the divine all right so you know how people say we're all connected that's how we're all connected to me like that's how I see it is that we all come from the same divine source whether you call that God or the universe or Allah whatever you call it it, it's the same I agree bottom line is I agree with that 100% and we are all connected somehow. And I mean, I work with people all over the world and 
I could find ways to connect with them. I could find mm-hmm. things that make us similar. And it's synchronicity. I am the biggest, biggest believer in synchronicity. I've done a whole, one of my first episodes was with a podcaster named Glenn Ralph, who I used to be friends with. We're no longer friends for various reasons. I'm not going to get into right now. But, okay. but we talked about synchronicity for a whole episode, basically, because that's what his experience with the paranormal was. And because of his parents passing and things he's experienced after the passing. And Glenn, if you hear this, I don't know if you still listen to my show or not. I really don't know if you do. I haven't talked to you in probably almost a year now. But, buddy, you just talk to me, please. Because you you stop being friends for kind of a dumb reason. And, like, if you hear this, I want to work things out with you. I really do. Because you were a good guy. And I like being on your podcast. I loved your, your episode of my podcast. Got listened to 30-something times in one day a little while ago. And I was just like, mystified because i'm like why would that one episode get listened to so many times in a day when it was like one of my first episodes like i don't understand it like even if people even if that many people are going through my whole catalog to listen to all my episodes why was it that many people in one day it just seems a little out there to me like you know i can't i can't i can't put my finger on that particular thing but i mean maybe he is listening tonight or maybe he will see this in replay or see it fingers crossed well no he won't he won't see it out live tonight because he's he blocked me on Facebook a long time ago. Oh. But if he listens to my podcast, maybe he will hear this when it comes out in June, I think. I, I have so many of these episodes backlogged. But it's just, I don't know. Synchronicity to me is one of those things that truly exists. And synchronicity and fate, that's my two taglines. That's what always happens to me in life is everything is fate. Everything is synchronicity. What's supposed to happen will happen in the end of the, in the, end of the day. That's right. That's right. I agree with that. But now I'm going to step off my soapbox <laughs> and let you tell people where they can find you and where they can find everything you do so that promote yourself to the fullest, basically. Oh, sure. Sorry. Um, well, you can find me at my website, which is uh, com. just my name. And... Um, I'm in Sanford, Florida. I do Zoom calls. I do phone sessions as well, internationally or nationally, um, for uh, animal communication and mediumship. Um, I also do destiny sessions, which is where it's pretty cool. It's where we can work with the energies in your body, the cell energy, the DNA energy, and the ego energy, and get them all aligned, basically. And that will get you not just to your highest purpose, but to me, it makes everything just sort of flow easier. Makes sense. It makes sense. And I advise my listeners, go check her out. And if you need any of that assistance, please don't hesitate. Because we all need help in this world to find our true purpose, to find who we are. And a lot of my guests do the same type of services. But there's only one that's going to work for you. There's only one person that's going to work for you. And it may be Heather. It may not be. I don't know. I'm not you, but you never know. So reach out to any of them that you get the vibe for. Like if you come across, if you listen to their episode and you think they're the one that I want to work with, go to them. Cause I've worked with many of my guests on things before I paid for some services before, which some of them, some of them were interesting and gave me good insight on my life. Some of them, well, here's some the number- thing. I actually offer a hundred percent money back guarantee. Okay. Oh, there you go. Take anybody's money that doesn't think that I either did a good job or the energy wasn't correct or, 
you know, whatever was going on that day. So the good news is I don't have to use that very often, but just putting it out there, I mean, really, uh, what do you have to lose? But the truth is, I'm, I'm more than happy that if I don't do a good job that day or if the energy's just off or whatever's going on, no problem. Well, there you go, folks. Nothing to lose, literally. <laughs> Nothing literally, to lose. just time. I mean, that's all. It would, it would cost you it's, it's a little bit of time. Which, there you go. I mean, find the person that works for you. That's the only thing you can do at the end of the day. And, and from a man who grew up thinking psychics were at carnivals and in little shops on Main Street in towns, like to being the fullest believer in psychics and mediums in the world. Like literally, there's I haven't talked to one I haven't believed they can do what they say they can do because they've shown me they can do what they say they can do to some degree. So there you go. And all my listeners, you know where you can find me. Listen to the outro I put in to hear the full details. But you know where you can find me, most of my listeners. You've been listening for a while. And I thank you for that. But also make sure to like and subscribe wherever you're listening, whether it be YouTube or Facebook or anywhere. Like and subscribe and see what I do. You, If you already are listening, you know you will. That's that's my fate, I think. But, <laughs> but I want to thank you for being on, Heather. I'm so happy we finally got this to work out. Because oh, yeah, last no, week was a show. Thank you for having me. This was fun. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Because last week was a shit show for me. And <laughs> the fact that you're willing to reschedule made me so happy because I just didn't I didn't want to lose the chance to have you on. So no, no. But I, I'd wait. I would wait for weeks. Don't you worry, Jeremy. Well, it wouldn't be like that. My <laughs> if I after, had to, I would though. <laughs> after, after, I'll double book people on. I'll, I'll do two shows a night this week if I have to. Oh week. my goodness. I don't mind. I love talking to people and that's just my, that's my, that's my, that's my life. That's, that's what's meant to be my life. So I love it. And please folks check out Heather's stuff and see if she can help you. See if she can help your pet. See if she can help an animal you have. So there you go. That's, that's the bottom line basically. And thank you to all my listeners for listening and thank you to all my watchers for watching.